0: Hey everybody, welcome to Dubs Talk with Warriors insider Monty Poole. I am Kareth Burke. We're coming to you after the Warriors took care of business at the Alamo Dome, uh, a dominating win to get this road trip started right, and they handled business the way they were supposed to. So I, I don't know that we need to talk about the game so much, but you know, the Spurs have a soft defense, they have a rebuilding team, eight Warriors were in double digit scoring. So they were kind of in control of this game the whole way. And I think they needed a win like this, especially on the road to kick off this trip.
1: Well, you look at the way they ended the homestand. Yeah. I would say for sure they needed something like this. You know, they lost the three teams that they really have no business losing to with or without Steph Curry. He only played in the last game, you know, but they lost to Orlando without him by double digits. Mm -hmm. They lost to Detroit without him on a last second
0: that's a killer,
1: yeah. Yeah, on a, on a prayer shot. Uh, but then they lost with him, they lost with him to a Phoenix Suns team that was without Chris Paul, without Devin Booker, without DeAndre Ayton, without Cam Johnson, without Cameron Payne, mm-hmm. without Landry Shamit. That's <laughs> six of their top eight guys. And none of those guys were playing. And to see the Warriors get worked by a team that was half filled with guys who would never play, C D guys, you know, you know, far into the bench guys. That was a wake up call.
0: Damian and Lee.
1: They think they answered it. You know, uh, I mean, they've had wake up calls before you would think. They lost at Orlando. They lost at Detroit, lost at Charlotte. They've been swept by Detroit, swept by Orlando. <laughs> and so the Phoenix Suns is going to be the wake up call. Too soon to know about that. But we do know that um that yeah, they did what they were supposed to do to a team that that they're supposed to beat. They they mashed them. Yeah. Yeah. So and, the Spurs and- are there to be mashed.
0: Wake up call was exactly the words that Steve Kerr used after that Suns game. He said, maybe the team needs a jolt. And then listening to Steph Curry post game after the Spurs game, you know, he's just trying to say, let's keep this energy rolling. Let's touch on Steph just a little bit more because he missed nearly a month with that shoulder Mm subluxation. Really have to enunciate that shoulder subluxation. I think what stood out for me in the Spurs game was not how much Steph scored. It was only 15, you know, that's fine. But that was in 20. 23 minutes. It's great that Steph only played 23 minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, his conditioning is never far off. You know, he's not going to be a guy who needs two weeks to get back into shape. He's never really out of shape. Being that it was a shoulder. So it wasn't like it was a knee or an ankle or a leg or anything lower body injury. So you can do cardio, full cardio. Now, <clears throat> do you want him to play 35 minutes immediately? No. You know, you want to work up to that. Getting 23 minutes against the Spurs is about right. They have two back-to-backs on this trip. Mm. You know, they've got they've got the Bulls on Sunday, and the Wizards on Monday, and then they have two more games at the end of the road trip, Thursday and Friday. You know, so you're very about good Boston. Teams. Yeah, Boston yeah. and Cleveland, and so it's it's a it's, it's going to be a tough road trip, and we know the Warriors have not been good on the road. They're four and 16 now. The only team that's worked on the road is the Rockets. (laughs) So, uh, and the Rockets are in last place in the Western Conference. So, um, but you know what I think we need to talk about is just what did the Warriors learn while Steph was out? What do they know now that they didn't know before he went out? And I think one thing they know now is that Jordan Poole is not ready (laughs) to be the guy. You know, not that not that we think he should be ready to be the guy, but we learned um, that he's he's still in a situation where he's 23 years old. Um, he's only been a full-time player in the NBA one whole year, last year, you know. So years before, he was G League and back and forth. And so right. last year was his first time he established himself as an NBA player. And so he's still a work in progress. He's learned a lot over the last five weeks while Steph was out, well, even before Steph went out. But I think the other guy, you saw who can play and who can't play. You saw who can contribute, who can, who can um, really kind of make an impact. And what they learned is that the two-way guys, Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome, are at times more valuable than the young guys that they pulled out of the draft. You know, whether it's Kaminga or Moody or, or Wiseman. I mean, obviously Wiseman and Kaminga are hurt right now. Kaminga can be back any now um Rollins and and Baldwin are are rookies so you know it's probably unfair to put them in that category right now because they've only been around for less than for half a season and they've been bouncing in the G League more than the NBA so um I just think the Warriors learned that it's hard to to play great basketball at either end when you don't have Steph out there when you especially on offense though because Mm -hmm. your offensive system is designed around Number thirty, mm-hmm. and so when he's not there, it, it's gonna look a little rough at times. And so I think Jordan was kind of caught between trying to do what he knew he needed to try to do, try to try to do some of what Steph would do, and trying to do what he normally would do. And it got into trouble in terms of turnovers, and it hurt them a lot. So I think where they are now is much more comfortable place. Steph and Clay at the starter, starting point uh, guard, point guard, shooting guard, and backup. You got Dante DiVincenzo and Jordan Poole, who I think can be as good as any, maybe the best backup tandem of guards in the league. I mean, I'm looking at the NBA and I don't know who else can put two guards out there that aren't starters and say that they're better than those two guys. So um, Jordan, I mean, Jordan is really good and he's really good when he is able to play his normal role. He's really good there. And Mm -hmm. he showed that against the Spurs, 25 points, eight of 16 shooting, six assists, two turnovers. So you saw what Jordan can be rather than, you know, Jordan with five turnovers and, you know, four assists and seven of 24 shooting. You know, so it's a different look. And I I, I just think that if those four guys can stay healthy, their backcourt will be fine. Anything else they get is a bonus, whether it's from Moody or whoever they get, it's a bonus. But those four guys are solid.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, mean, I would imagine Jordan looked at the void that Steph left and he took it upon himself to see, I've got to try to fill this, which means he wanted to score the points. He needed to get his teammates involved. He wanted to be a playmaker. That's where some of the turnovers were born. And somebody needed to tell Jordan, it's impossible to be Steph Curry because he is one of one. There's only one yeah. of those guys. If that is the standard you're trying to measure yourself up to, you will always fail. You have to be yeah. yourself. You know, and, and as I was thinking about this, yes, he's in year four. I don't know that I necessarily think of his development that he has yet to do, maybe along the same lines as, as somebody like a, a Moses Moody or Ryan Wa- Rollins, because he is in year four and the Warriors, you know, see the future in him. That's why they right. gave him this big they extension. But yeah, yeah at, at age 23, you do have to remember that he's he's young. and. He's had some inconsistency where he does play a lot better when he's a starter right now, he's going to come off the bench. So there's just been some movement. Jordan might see it as yanking around a little bit or not getting his way. Probably wants to be a starter. Tough cookies, kid. I'm sorry. You're behind some greats. You know what you're I mean? You're behind two Hall
1: of Famers, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jordan, they, we see such good things in you, but right now you do have to take a back seat. Um, I think maybe the last five weeks, last month, last five weeks, that is more growing for, for yeah. Jordan to do. And you know, people were in his ear about simplify your playmaking. You don't have to dance on them every time. We know you've got the handles, but that resulted in some turnovers that were just like, ugh, oh, head
1: scratchers. Yeah, what you want, you know, we, we know how the Warriors prefer to play on offense. Move the ball, move the bodies. You know, one, two, three dribbles. When you get past three dribbles, you're probably doing too much, mm. unless you're Steph, you know. Yeah. And at that point, it's like Jordan, you know, there were times when Jordan would dribble half the shot clock away. And now you got 12 seconds to go and he's in trouble, <laughs> you know. And yeah. he, he dribbles into two into two defenders and now he's stuck. So uh, it's going to be a hard situation where you try and figure out, pardon my, my alarm here, but uh, uh, where you try and figure out um, at what point do you try and incorporate what you do well, which is you can improvise, you know, you can, you can go one-on-one, but if it gets you in trouble, back off of that, mm-hmm. and get back into the conservative style that the Warriors can use, especially when Steph is out. Yeah. If it's working better, do that. And so and I think the other problem with Jordan this year is that his three point shot has not really been consistent at all. He's been in the twenties. For the Most of the season in terms of percentage, and you want him in the mid to high 30s. And so he knows that. And so I don't think he's lost confidence, but he's lost trust in it at times. And therefore, I think there are times when maybe he, if he felt confident, he'd pull up for the three, but instead he's driving because he doesn't trust his three. And teams recognize that. NBA teams are smart. They see that on film. They say, Does he trust his three? He was just one for six last night, and he was two for seven the night before. Oh, look at him. He's driving. He's driving. He's driving. Almost every time they make the adjustment. And next thing you know, you're running into two or three defenders and it's a turnover or an empty possession for the warriors. So, um, for him, this was great for him. That they could, that he could learn these things while the warriors did not lose a bunch of ground in the conference. Yeah. You know, they actually were six six and five without Steph, I believe it was. So, um, Mm -hmm. you take that, you take that. And, and again, um, Going forward, I do think they benefited in a long view uh, from what they were able to do and not do when Steph was out.
0: Yeah. All right. So the Warriors got a W against the Spurs. They started a five-game road trip over eight days, by the way, with two back-to-backs. This is a tough one. But they got that W. And you can watch all of these Warriors games on NBC Sports Bay Area. They're streamed live on the My Teams app. And that's for mobile or tablet. So stream the Warriors on the go. Brought to you by your NorCal Honda dealers. One of the things that stuck out post-game uh, against the Spurs is Steve Kerr saying that right now, Andre Iguadala is the third big, okay? And then you, you think back to Steve's previous comments that he's concerned, that was the word that he used, that Draymond and Looney are playing such heavy minutes. And I don't think the Warriors thought it would shake out this way. They've got J. Michael Green, they've got James Wiseman, they even have Jonathan Kaminga sometimes who can play the five in a pinch but they're just so thin right now in the front court. They're missing guys. Andre yeah. at the three is not ideal, especially what he had to do to work on his body to come back. It's just a short-term Band-Aid, but yikes, Monty.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you, when you think about Andre, you think of him as a three or a two, three a wing. That's what he is. At the five, you know, even when you're playing small, I mean, I, Andre is probably a half an inch taller than Draymond. So if you go by pure height, Oh, you know, but, but Draymond's a different, different beast physically. You know, I mean, Draymond is, is, um, you know, his wingspan, they both have long wingspans, but, but Draymond's a different beast physically because he's used to that. He's used to dealing with guys bigger than him. He's been an undersized big his whole career. Um, for Andre, he's used to being out on the wing. Yeah. So the sad thing for the Warriors is right now that the three bigs are out, you know, the three backup bigs, I say that because. Wiseman is out, and his return is unknown. They're hoping he be back in the next week to 10 days. Um, you look at Jermichael Green, same thing. You know, he may be another week out before he's he's back. Kaminga could be back anytime. time. I'm glad like. he's out
0: of the boot, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he's able – it sounds like he's able to come back maybe, you know, in the next that game or two, maybe Sunday, maybe Monday. You know, he could be back because, he you know, he was out for – you know, he missed – not quite two weeks, but he missed a chunk of time. So, um, but but right now, you look at the, the roster, and those are your bigs. You got five bigs, so to speak, and, and three of them are down right now. Mm-hmm. So who would be your emergency big? It's Andre. Andre. It's Andre. Right. I mean, my, the other guy you could put out there, I guess, is probably Anthony Lamb, because he's played some inside basketball in, in college. You know, he's 36-6, about 25-230. 2, so he's built, he's, he's you know, he's husky enough to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, he's already out there on the wing. <laughs> yeah. still, so, still not ideal. Yeah. And no, as you talk about, Andre, ideal.
0: Yeah, you talk about Andre. Andre and Draymond, these are two players who have had back injuries. Like, you don't. I don't want them banging around in there too much. I mean, that's the situation. And Draymond has said as much, like, I get paid to play basketball, brother. If this is what they asked me to do, I have yeah. to do it. But, yeah. oh, this feels... I don't even want to say it, but it feels dangerous. Dangerous should one thing go wrong
1: out there. You said something though that that struck me and and, and I I'm not sure I thought of it this way, but you when you think about it, you said that you use the word ideal. It's not ideal. The Warriors do not have an ideal center. <laughs> well, not no, one. James Wiseman. Not one. Ideal. Not James one. Wiseman. James Wiseman is, is is fine for offense, but an I- ideal center for the Warriors is a guy who can defend first. That's his first job. job. Defend, screen, make passes, play smart basketball, direct the defense. Offense is a plus. Wiseman swings the other way. His offense is what he does best. You know, his defense is a work in progress. So he might, uh, Steve Kerr believes this, and I believe it too, that Wiseman could score 15 to 20 points a night if they just said, go out there and do it. Mm -hmm. He can do what JaVale McGee did.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But, but that's not what they need from him. You know, and again, the ideal center for the Warriors is a guy like a Bogut, you know, a guy like, a, like Zaza, David West. These are guys that really smart basketball players who understand what they're out there for. Okay. And, you know, and so they've got five guys. I mean, Draymond is not ideal because obviously he's 6'6". Moon's not ideal because obviously he's got the injury history that limits his minutes to, you know, somewhere in the 20s is where you want him. Michael Green's not ideal because he's only been a warrior for half a season. He's missed a month of that. Yeah. Um, Wiseman, because he's an offensive minded player, his most advanced skills are on offense. Yeah. The Warriors need the guy who's more advanced on defense. Shouldn't Wiseman
0: have that opportunity? I mean, you know, he can be a shot blocker. Like if he, if he he moves around the rim, he could be that guy. And I recognize that he's not there yet.
1: Right. Right. It's a work in progress. I mean, he's still learning how to, how to when to jump when not to jump. When to go for the pump fake. When, I mean, when when to, how to play the pump fake. Um, and, and he's still learning defensive spacing. You know, so he doesn't get out of position. He's getting better, mm-hmm. but he's still learning that. And then obviously Kaminga is really, Kaminga is a forward who can play some big. He's like a Dr- Draymond in the sense that you don't want him battling. I don't, I don't like, like it. Yeah. You, you don't want him battling Embiid or Jokic out there, but, yeah. but he's one of your bigs, so again, they don't have an ideal they're, they're getting by with five guys with a platoon sort of you know patching it together and making it work because it's around Steph and Clay and Wiggs in their shooting yeah so yeah Ooh, yeah they, they, think about this though if their entire run they haven't had a center who goes out there 35 minutes a night and puts down you know 12 points 12 rebounds and I mean Bogut could do that but Boga didn't play heavy minutes because he had an injury history, yeah. you know, and Zaza didn't play heavy minutes because there were, there were parts of the game where he didn't fit, mm-hmm. you know? So it's always been that. And so I, I just, it, in a way it's like a credit to Steve and his staff for making it work with what they have up front, you know? And so now when you see three guys down, it's really been, it's like yeah. you're trying to do it with a bailing wire, you know, and it just doesn't really work real well. So, um, that's why this road trip, you know, they won the first game, which is one they had to have, and now they've got four more games. Two of those games are going to be really difficult, and, and that's the back-to-back Boston-Cleveland. Um, you know, Washington and, and Chicago are both you know, m- mediocre, mid-level teams that can go either way. Um, but if the Warriors find a way to win three games on this road trip, I think that's a victory with this roster right now the way it is because so many guys are out
0: yeah i really hope they get some people back soon and um, there's something else that we should talk about with draymond's because he was on a podcast a bleacher report podcast with taylor rooks who is an amazing interviewer wide-ranging it was 90 minutes long okay if you want to find this you can go to youtube um, search bleacher report taylor rooks draymond green it'll pop right up um, in this interview she asked him um, and i need to make sure i get these quotes right so i'm going to take a peek will it be she's talking to him about the future and she asked Draymond will it be hard for you when there's a day that you're not a warrior and Draymond said no pretty quickly and he went on to say because the writing is on the wall I understand the business so I think this taps into the money side of things when when Draymond talks about the business so he has a player option for next year if he opts in he gets 27.5 million dollars but The warriors might not be able to afford that so there's still some things in flux will draymond take the player option if they do what do the warriors do in turn you know draymond was saying he understands the business because he talks to his agent a lot his agent is rich paul and draymond's always been smart about big picture things but the answer itself no because the writing is on the wall that can land a certain way i mean what did you think about this is this draymond saying goodbye
1: well I'm not going to go that far, but I will say that, you know, and this is not, not we knew when the season started that, that Draymond was in the option year, this was his last year, potentially, and he could leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the war it, it, it's up to him, it's up to him. You know, if he wants to, if he decides to, to, to do his option, then the worst it doesn't matter how much they got to pay, how much money it's going to cost them because that's what they signed up for. They gave him the option,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so they got to pay it if he wants to come back. But it sounds to me like, yeah, he's exploring other options, and I totally get that. Any business person would do that. Any player in his position yes. would do that. Yes. Um,
0: get the best when deal. When the impact. Warriors
1: are, yeah, when you look at where the Warriors are heading, they're trying to get younger. They're to, They did a dramatic youth movement in the last three drafts. Five teenagers. Five teenagers. I mean, not one of them can come into the league and plug in and play right now. They're all learning. And so, um, you know, there's going to be a dip. And I I hope fans are bracing for this because if Draymond leaves, they don't have anyone to take his place. He's hard to replace. (laughs) He's really hard to replace, especially on defense. So uh, for me, I think it's him saying that, yeah, I mean, this might be it for me. This might be it for me. When he says the writing's on the wall, I think he's looking at the fact that they signed Jordan and Andrew Wiggins to to extensions, lucrative extension, nine figure extensions, you know, 109 and 130. Um, So if you're Draymond, you're looking at that and you go, if I come back next year, I'll be making the same or less than those guys. Mm. And I've done more, Mm. you know? So these are all thoughts that could be in his head, you know? Um, I'm not going to say that Draymond's ready to leave, but I understand he understands that I I bet he realizes that he might be in position to leave and that I don't know whether it's he wants to leave or just that he sees leaving as maybe the best route for him in a business sense. If he can get $25 million from somebody else. Yeah, I, I think he would have to entertain that thought for sure.
0: Yeah. I think if there are any Draymond doubters left should he leave the impact of that will be seen immediately his defense all those little things that are in the spaces of a box score that you do not see the warriors would miss him deeply he's the best screener for steph curry they have been together for 11 years steph will miss him deeply i mean we're going to see all the ways that draymond has been a heartbeat for this team should he leave we're not sending him away yet but, you know, when I hear Draymond talking about the writings on the wall or I understand the business, I think he's making those calculations in his head right now. Like, how could you not think about it? Right. And consider sure. what your options are. But also I was thinking about the way that he started this season. Uh, and he, unfortunately, it started with a punch, but because uh, I we can't overlook that. But as. Oh. As Draymond has tried to do some of this repair, as he's tried to show up for his teammates, when you see his enthusiasm on the court, um, what he's doing every night on the boards, what he's doing for assists, the way that he's committed to play as best as he can this season, that commitment to me makes me wonder if Draymond is thinking about this as a swan song. Is this my last chance with these guys? Do we have to capture this moment so we can defend our championship? I feel a little bit of that for Draymond, a little bit of moment in time to seize it, to see what they can do this season.
1: Well, he knows it's a possibility. He knows it's possible that nothing, that that next year for him with the Warriors is not guaranteed. It's up to him, but it's not guaranteed. So if I'm him, that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm I'm going out in a blaze. If I got to go out, if I come back, cool. But if I go out, it's going to go out in a blaze. And, you know, to me, it feels like there are times on the court when Draymond is, how uh, do what's the word I gotta use the word? Draymond is determined to try and feed Jordan as much as possible. Okay, he, he's mean, always
0: gotten teammates going.
1: Yeah, but I mean, no, no. I mean, it, it looks like he's looking for,
0: especially obviously name. when
1: Steph's not out there, you know, okay. especially when Steph's not out there. Okay. But it looks like he's trying to give him every opportunity to to feed off his passes, give Jordan every opportunity to feed off his passes. I mean, you know, maybe that's one way in Draymond's mind to say, "Hey, dude, I'm with you. You know, mm-hmm. I'm 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 here for you." Mm-hmm. Um, I see it, and it's like, you know, I don't I don't even know if Draymond is aware of it, but you watch it. You watch closely, and when he's out there on the court on the floor with Jordan on offense, and he has the ball, he looks for Jordan almost first almost every time, unless Steph is out there. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that he doesn't trust the other guys, Wiggins, Clay, everyone but he's looking for Jordan. Yeah. And I think, okay, is that, did he do that last year or is that a new thing or is that just him saying Jordan's a guy who can make plays, you know, yeah. so if I'm getting, if I'm getting rid of the ball, let me give it to him because he can go both where he can make a play or he can get a bucket, you know, so, but it, it does seem to happen. So I, I don't know where their relationship is going. Obviously, you know, the, the phrase, the phrase work in progress has always been tossed around. Um, but when you watch them play on the court, it looks like they're there for each other. Yeah, Which I but, think if you're the coaching staff, you worry about that first.
0: Yeah, so Taylor Rooks asked Draymond about the relationship with Poole and he used the words, quote, work in progress. Yep. Um, she asked like, have you been able to put this behind you, the two of you as best as you can? And Draymond's like, well, we have the same job, we have the same locker room, we have the same bus, we're in the same spaces. Um, he mentioned it as a work in progress. He says it's, quote, just fine. But different which that's that's understandable you know and he says i want to do the work because i was wrong celebrate the year of the rabbit at great resort and casino with the lucky golden rabbit giveaway on friday january 27th one eight thousand dollar cash winner every hour guaranteed Plus, sign up for the all-new Grayton Rewards program and get $25 in free slot play. Experience the best benefits in the Bay. Learn more at GreatonResortCasino.com.
1: Complete rules available at the Rewards Center. Life is
0: uncertain. It's okay to feel stressed, anxious, worried, or frustrated. CalHOPE can help. Access CalHOPE's free and secure mental health resources. Call 833-317-4673 or live chat at calhope.org. There's something else that Draymond said. (sighs) He kind of said it without saying it, and, and this is where it's hard for us to talk about it she asked him do you think the release of that video was a calculated thing like somebody having an ulterior motive draymond said 100 he added um, he feels like that video is meant to form an opinion of him there's no audio his side isn't represented and the obvious question is well what's your side and he says i don't want to talk about that yet maybe i will someday so because we don't know Draymond's side and Monty even saying those words, I'm like, I don't know what could prompt you to punch somebody that viciously, even if you're having the worst day in the world. I don't know. So the question I actually want to ask is, I understand why interviewers keep coming back to the punch with with Draymond. And I understand why he keeps talking about it. He's an honest person. He's not going to duck that question. But do you feel like Jordan Poole is going to get tired of this every time the punch comes up? Like the only people that we really have a quote from is Draymond. So we we actually only hear his side, which is an interesting way to put that. But Jordan is the one here that we need to be centering. Do you think he gets tired of this stuff that it's back in the headlines again?
1: Yeah, my guess is that, yeah, he doesn't want to hear it, but it's not going to go away. Hmm. You know, it's going to be there forever. I mean, it's going to be there forever. It'll linger just like, you know, Michael Jordan. I took that personally, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, and, and it's, it's like there are certain things in, in the NBA in sports that certain things that are said and done that you never, ever forget, you wow. know, and, and to me, this is one of those things. It's not going to go away any more than than Steph Curry's bang, bang shot in Oklahoma city is going to go away. You know, that's going to be there. People are going to remember that forever. Um, Steph's 43 point game game in, uh, in game four in Boston in, in the last finals. That's going to be there. People won't forget that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's the LeBron chase down block on Andre. That's <laughs> going to be there forever. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. gonna, it's not going anywhere. They got to yeah. live with it, you know? And so, yeah, does it get old? Sure. But it, it's a, things happen. You got to live with them. I don't know. If, I mean, I I think Jordan is tougher than most people think. He's got that Midwestern ethos, that Milwaukee... I mean, I remember talking to him about Milwaukee, and he's dude. You got, he said, you gotta in Milwaukee, you gotta, you can't be soft. Yeah, you can't be soft. You gotta. We're playing basketball in nine degree weather outside, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and we loved it. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, yeah, he, he. You look at Jordan, and you don't see a tough guy because he doesn't look like a tough guy. But inside, I think George's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets the floor about as often as anybody. And how often do you see him on the injury report? How many games does he miss? No. He winces you know? a lot. He looks hurt sometimes. Yeah, but he never misses. It. He's always there yeah. though. Yeah. He's always, I think in his mind, yeah. you don't You don't let little nicks bother you. <laughs> little things that might hurt bother you. You see him go to the bench and he'll put this giant wrap on his lower leg. And then when he's called, he wraps, he takes, flips it off and gets to the floor and does what he does. So. Um, physically tougher than, than than you think he is. Mentally tougher, that's something we're still trying to determine. Yeah. And that's what this is about. You know, this is, this requires a certain mental toughness to get beyond this and just see Draymond as just a guy who I had a run-in with. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I don't know if Draymond has a side that justifies what he did. I mean, when I see a punch like that, that's a punch that says, you know, you did something to my child or something. You know, I mean, that's like a, a real angry sort of punch. You know, that's that's something that, that's a dark place, you yeah. know? And so, I mean, when I, you don't see punches like that unless somebody really did something that really went over, went too far. Wait, and, and, if, and I, we need to be Jordan careful said, here.
0: Right, know, because I don't want to insinuate that Jordan said something that resulted in that punch because I don't think you can be responsible for the violence against you. Do you know what I mean? Like, we need to be yeah. really careful here. I don't want to- No, yeah, if Jordan fought Jordan, because he said
1: something, it. did something, no, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, the was very serious. It
0: was, no, I, I, the I know. It, it was yeah. vicious. It was vicious. And I guess like, so when a podcast like that comes out, and when there's new, fresh quotes, let's say for example, it's our duties as reporters to follow up. It's like, hey, Jordan, Draymond said this. What do you think? Like, it's it's responsible to get you know, a response from Jordan, and he clearly does not want to talk about this stuff. Right. We have to respect that too. Yes, you can ask the question, but if he's like, I don't want to talk about this, that's where we have to respect it. So it's just coming to Jordan about the same thing, something that was very vicious, something that made him, that that put him in the, the victim column. Sure. Like this, that sucks. And if that's going to stick with him for the rest of his career, something that happened to him, not something that he did, as far as we know, like yeah. that's stuck that to, for that to dog you for the rest of your career. I, that feels yeah. unfair to
1: me. Yeah, I, I think the Warriors are internally. Um, I think they wonder how much of that is still lingering in his mind, hmm. you know, how much that might be affecting his daily routines and just the way he goes about his business. Um, I don't know that that means it's different from before because he still works his tail off. crystal Marco says no, he's he's still out here working working my ass off, you know. So he's yeah. doing what he has to do to be a great player. um But obviously, this is something that he would just as soon have not happened.
0: Of but course. It, 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 it,
1: and, and you move forward, and I think that's his his mentality is you know move forward, put it in the past. Yeah. To use Clay Thompson's line, put it in the past like a tail. Yeah. So, you know, what? I mean, wow.
0: even if we wanted to ask Jordan about this, he's very careful with what he says publicly. So even if he had feelings, if there's something under the surface, he would not tell us. And no, that's that's, get- that's his right. Because as I think about this, just being in the locker room or watching uh, Jordan and Draymond interact on in the court, it looks like things are fine, but optics aren't always how they are, but like, I, I don't sense tension when I'm in the locker room and I, I see them, you know, making plays together on the court. Like they look fine as teammates, how they are outside of that. Maybe we'll never know because it's it's Jordan's right not to speak about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's fine. I, I get that totally. So, um, but in terms of play, if you're, if you're the coach, if you're Bob Myers, Joe Lacob, you just want to make sure those guys can play as teammates. Mm-hmm. And to me, they're doing that. And that's the key. That's the important part.
0: I think if there was anything lingering to a point where it was, it was detrimental to the team, they would have reset them in the locker room right now. They are still sitting next to each other in the locker room. So take that for what it is. All right. That's kind of a bummer note to end on Monty, but...
1: but here's the thing. Let me, let me, before we go, let me, let me bring this up though, because, um, yeah, we, talk, we, we don't want to dwell on this game. It was the Spurs. The Spurs are rebuilding. They're not very good. The Warriors should blow them out. But this 4-16 and 16 road record um, is, is, is a real thing right now, and that's something they got to get over. And here's the other, the other thing that i got to bring up, because I did a midseason review, and one of the things that I talked about was how the Warriors have existed as this team that just bullied the NBA for so long, and they did it because they had Steph Curry and other guys around him that really fit in with what he does best and understood his, his role, understood his impact and his gravity. Um, but what has happened is the NBA has, start, has been changing over those years, and you're starting to see they've, they've adjusted. And, and the, what the Warriors are doing right now with their starting lineup, which is very good because they defend well when they're all healthy, mm-hmm. um, Clay's a plus defender. Wiggs a plus defender. Draymond's a plus defender. Loon's a plus defender. Steph's a good defender. But offensively, the Warriors are 19th in offensive rating. A team with Steph Curry shouldn't be 19th in offensive rating, but that's where they are. Not because the Warriors have regressed, but because the rest of the league has Mm -hmm. leapfrogged them in a sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at teams like Denver, they got five shooters on the floor. Of the top 10 players in offensive rating, individual players, Five or Nuggets. <laughs> five or Nuggets. Jokic obviously number one. Jokic is number one. Yeah. But Porter, Jamal Murray, Kentavious Caldwell Pope. I mean, these are all guys that that are right there. Um, that are that are when you when you defend that it's it's hard to guard five guys when they're all spaced out. Mm-hmm. The Warriors are trying to win with two non-shooters on the floor.
0: Draymond and Loon.
1: Yeah. Yes. And when I say non-shooters. They're not three-point shooters. They don't spread. They don't spread the floor, and they're not strong finishers in the paint either. This is unusual in today's NBA. I mean, you look around. You won't. I don't know if there's another team that does that on a regular basis. That has two guys on the floor that can't shoot threes or really finish at the paint,
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: paint. And so they're trying to win. I mean, this speaks to Steph's greatness, the fact that they've done it for this long, and I think. Some of this is catching up to them Um, because you look at the top two teams in the, in the, in the, in terms of offensive rating and it's Denver and Boston. Boston plays four out and five out. And I say four out because when Rob Williams is on the floor, he doesn't shoot either. He's a non-shooter, but he's like Draymond on defense. He's a defensive impact player. So they can play five out four out and they do when he's on the floor. But then he goes off. Here comes Al Horford. Guess what Al Horford does? He can shoot threes. <laughs> yeah, he's a big who shoots threes. Yeah. He so, can shoot I mean, threes. even you look Utah Jazz. You know, they're putting bigs on the floor, marketing seven-footers shooting threes. Olinics, 7 footers shooting threes. You know, you've got Jordan Clarkson shooting threes. You got Mike Conley shooting three. It's like and where's the Warriors used to be top 5 in offensive rating? They're mm-hmm. now yeah, 18th, 19th. And again, it's not, Steph is not, it's not Steph because Steph was playing great basketball. But as Steve Kerr said, when Steph was playing great and they were still battling the stuff, struggling to stay at 500, he said, we were struggling without, even when Steph was here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I guess what I'm saying is that, see how they navigate this because this team, a team with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, who, you know, you might say that those two guys are more than two shooters. (laughs) You might say that they're three shooters. But my point is that they're they're in a league now where so many teams have so many shooters that it's hard to defend all of that. And it stretches the Warriors' defense and gets that ends up happening, fouls. Yeah. When, when the defense is stretched thin, you're out of position. And when you're out of position, you try to get a stop, you're fouling somebody. And I think all these are factors in why the Warriors are where they are. And so I, I just... I had to get that off my chest. I'm sorry. Okay,
0: well something tells guess. me you you wrote about this.
1: So Yeah, I just understand. think I mean I saw that and I, I talked to people yeah. I talked to people on the league and they were like yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, you, when you play Denver, you're like, "Okay, who do we guard?" There's no one you can sag off of against against the Nuggets. Against the Warriors, you got two guys. Yeah. There's no one you can sag off of when you're playing New Orleans. Yeah. Even, you know, except for um, Valanciunas, but he's in the paint anyway. He's anchored down there. You know, mm-hmm. if you're playing he, he, they, they're playing four out when Ingram is healthy. If you're playing Memphis, only guy you don't worry about is Stephen Adams. He ain't going to shoot, but they're playing four. The other guys, Jaron Jackson, 6'11 shooting threes. You
0: know, All right, so Wiseman needs to brush up on his three point shooting then. Actually, when Weisman. you were talking, <laughs> yes, they don't want him to do that right agree. now. Though.
1: Yeah. He can do that. Anyway.
0: Anyway. Yeah, I guess, no, I, so when you I'm were talking,
1: how unfolds because the Warriors are doing it the way they've always done it, but a way that's different from the new NBA.
0: Yeah. When you were talking, I was thinking Draymond might disagree with you about his three point shooting, which sometimes he will occasionally have those and the satisfaction he feels when they go in is amazing. Oh, yeah,
1: he can um, make some.
0: Yeah. When, but when we, this illustrates as a non shooter on those nights the greatness of Draymond Green that this is still the most effective five man unit in the NBA, which is also
1: because they defend so well too though. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. And that's because of him, largely. Yeah. They've got plus defenders and so yeah. the offensive rating is still not that high with those yeah. five.
0: Monty, thanks so much and thank you for listening. We'll be back soon.